This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gauthier, and I am here with one of our favorite people, one of the speakers from the Longevity Now Conference, one of our resident experts on thebestdaver.com. This person you know very well, Truth Calkins, and he is here today to talk about the health benefits of coconut oil and saturated fat. Truth, I'd like to kickstart this interview just by talking about how, you know, in the last 90 years, saturated fats have been really demonized by you know, modern medical establishments and also in the media. And coconut oil is a saturated fat and really got a lot of bad publicity. You know, in the last couple of decades, really people just shied away from it, as well as most saturated fats. And now it's making a resurgence as a great kind of health tonic. And can you talk a little bit about coconut oil and how it made this U-turn and how it relates also to cardiovascular disease? Yes, Lucian. You know, coconut oil, I think, has been used as an amazing folk remedy from people from the Philippines who it's been passed down from generation to generation, and they've always known how amazing this product is. You know, it was used to some degree in this country for certain frying foods because it was stable. It was convenient before processing became available. And then we started lowering the use of saturated fats into explain this, I really have to kind of explain a little bit of our history with heart disease in our Western nation. And as heart disease has increased, I think really from processed food and modern lifestyle factors, the thing that researchers kept looking at was the saturated fat level that are in our diet, thinking there's saturated fat getting caught up in the atherosclerosis scenario. Therefore, it must be diet-related, so we must eliminate the saturated fat the animal fat, the lard, and, of course, the coconut and the palm oil, because those are all also saturated fats. And it's true, you can lower saturated fats from your diet, be it animal or, or coconut, and replace that with polyunsaturates, like canola oil or, the, you know, the other corn oil, processed oils that have been the majority of use in, in um, the last 20 years, 30 years, 30 years, really, that we've been real serious about making heart disease uh, a known thing to the public and to watch your, you know, cardiovascular health and to lower your saturated fat intake to help do this. Your total cholesterol levels do go down when people start consuming those oils instead of the saturated fat, but the ratios aren't equal. And it's really important to explain how these fats work and how cholesterol works and what really is now our experts understanding as the cause of heart disease. Number one, saturated fat isn't necessarily bad for you. You, you have to look at the, the, the types of fats you're eating and what you're dealing with. Now with heart disease, the leading research is really pointing to the main risk factors are smoking, cigarettes, you know, because of free radical damage, 
di- uh, diabetes, the blood sugar imbalance problems that are going on, high blood pressure, obesity, overweight, and hypothyroidism. And then it comes down also to lack of fiber in the diet. This is a big one for a lot of people. And free radical damage, not enough antioxidants to, to, to quench that free radical intake. And lack of vitamin, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, which all help with the cardiovascular system. Also, um, low-grade chronic silent inflammation, usually caused by chronic low-grade systemic infection. This is another big-time risk factor that is really overlooked because everyone takes things like candida for granted when they're not aware of what it is and how it works with other opportunistic organisms. So, you know, it's somewhat genetic as well. Some people can be exposed to some of these things and go longer without a problem than others. But the real, the real thing that I think is causing the heart disease is, is a combination of these things. It's, and I think the candida, which is something I've learned, has been the biggest overlooked issue of all. And I think more people today, because of the modern lifestyle, because of things that are weakening our immune system and allowing opportunistic organisms to grow, more and more candida and bacteria and yeast and fungus is growing in people's bodies, parasites. And little bacteria or critters are, are getting inside of the arteries and they're attacking the inside of the wall and creating a little wound. And the body sends platelets to stop the bleeding, to form a scab, to help heal. And you grow collagen with the new material inside of the arteries to try to repair and that gets mixed with the platelets, and it gets mixed with some cholesterol and triglycerides that are in your bloodstream, and, and it gets caught up with calcium, actually, as we get older and we have more and more calcium. And that layer of the attempt of the arteries to heal that sort of a wound with the scar tissue and the, the calcium and then the cholesterol trapped in there, it sort of makes a... Uh, a mess, and it has to grow on the inside of the artery while it can't grow on the outside. So slowly over time, as this does it layer upon layer upon layer, as we're talking about low-grade bacterial infections that people take for granted that they live with due to a weak immune system and high sugar content, and that just grows inside the wall more and more and more, and that narrows the passageways, and as you get older, the layers of this plaque gets harder and harder. Scar tissue has less elasticity than healthy tissue. And when scar tissue is trapped with collagen, um, with um, calcium, and with the triglycerides and the cholesterol, it really starts to make uh, a mess. And we get this hardening of the arteries and we, and we you know, start to um, be susceptible to heart disease. I think that really explains it. Now, how long can one go? Because if you can't get rid of all bacteria, bacteria is part of nature. You're always going to have some moving through your arteries. You're always going to have some in your body. But if you don't understand that a higher sugar level, a weaker immune system, is going to is going to allow it to be at a higher number, and we can live for years with higher than normal levels of bacterial infections in our body or candida infections, and not really know. There's just low, subtle symptoms, and I really became aware of how this affects people's health with the body ecology diet system. And I've usually, when someone's told me they have immune stuff and I ask background questions, and I think, okay, it is related to candida stuff. So I give them the body ecology diet principles with herbs and supplements and the overall lifestyle that, that, that works with it. 
I never really thought about addressing the cardiovascular health, but oftentimes older people in their 60s who did, did have high blood pressure or cholesterol issues or were at risk for heart disease, their doctors told them, you know, three months later, that they had an EKG like a, like a, like a, like a teenager, that their blood pressure cholesterol was like perfect. And I noticed that, you know, their, their, the overall cardiovascular health responds much better. But because the diet and the lifestyle change is addressing all those risk factors, it's lowering free radical damage, it's lowering body weight. You know, such a person's usually overweight, they lose about 10 pounds per month without trying just by doing the diet, food combining, the low sugar, uh, colon cleansing, things like this. And the obesity is going down. Now they're not at risk for diabetes. Some of these people have helped with have had blood sugar issues or they've been type 2 diabetic. And, you know, they're by them not eating sugar and balancing that and working on it, they usually get their blood sugar to normal 84, 85, 86 every morning. And now they don't have the stress load uh, and the whole insulin response involved with, with high sugar levels in their diet. So now the, the, the hyperglycemic, hypoglycemic, or diabetes risk factor is taken care of. The obesity factor is addressed. The free radical factor has been lowered. Um, pretty much all the main factors get addressed when you change lifestyle. Now you can take such a person and you could have them eat as much coconut oil or even some healthy saturated animal fat. You could um, considerable amounts. Um, as long as they're not oxidized, if they're quality, if it's extra virgin coconut oil, and um, they're eat, and, and the other animal products that they may consume are a good source and they're not over-processed or overheated. Now, at that point, you're going to find sort of an adaptogenic property happen. Like a person, it, it'll, it'll be different for each person. Their cholesterol, total cholesterol may go up a bit or it may go down a bit based on really what they need. That their body is utilizing and taking in the fat that they need. And I did read up a lot about coconut oil. And in one book, a doctor listed a lot of the blood panel results for potential heart disease at-risk clients of his who were concerned about their cholesterol. And they would start taking coconut oil a day, some just one tablespoon a day, some like four to eight tablespoons a day. And some of them, their total cholesterol would go up, some it would go down. And it seemed to be adaptogenic the way the coconut oil works based on what that person needed. But the one thing that did always change consistently is the ratio between HDL and LDL, the high-density lipoprotein and the low-density lipoprotein. So the HDL is considered the good cholesterol because that's the cholesterol that gets washed out of the body. And the LDL is considered the bad cholesterol because it's the cholesterol that we tend to hold on to. And it's the cholesterol that we tend to hold on to that I think we have believed in the past is the cholesterol that gets stuck in the arteries that contributes to heart disease. But I think you have to have those other factors. You have to have something really attacking and making wounds in the arteries to create that fibrin and that, 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 all that protein, that messed up scar tissue riddled, calcified and cholesterol protein that, that, that creates heart disease over years of our life. If we have all of these factors out of balance in our lifestyle and our diet. So the one thing that was interesting was that the ratios um, were changed in a beneficial way of HDL and LDL. The LDL is what we tend to hold on to. Um, 
I don't think that's necessarily bad, although we call LDL bad cholesterol. We need to hold on to some cholesterol so that we can use it to make prostaglandins and hormones and to synthesize vitamin B and other natural processes in the body. And But, but the, the cholesterol we hold on to, if a larger percentage of it is oxidized, be it oxidized in the body because of other free radicals that are present in our system, or it was oxidized before we put it in our body, meaning we or we ate a poor quality oil that was already toxic and rancid, then the LDL, I would say it is bad if it's oxidized. If the majority of it is unoxidized, then that LDL isn't really so bad. But the ratio still, I believe, that is important, what, what this doctor was saying in this book I was reading about the HDL ratio to the LDL ratio. He was saying that a healthy ratio is, is, is 5, 5.0. Anything over 5.0, actually, anything over 5.0 is a risk factor. So you really, ideally, you want something much lower than that. So that would mean out of your total cholesterol, if your total cholesterol is 200 and the HDL was 50, then, you know, it's the, it's the amount of, 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 um, LDL versus HDL. You want that to be beneficial. When you start getting to the, to the, you know, the, the, the 3.5 or at least under 4, you get down to 2.5, you get down to 2 a lot of people. That's an excellent ratio where you have only two parts LDL to one part HDL. Um, so the thing is a lot of the the blood panels that I that I looked at, the the results that he documented, even a lot of clients that were of his that were just on one tablespoon of coconut oil a day, they had a, a shift from maybe five point one their ratio of a small amount of HDL versus the LDL to Shifting quite rapidly to to 3.5 down to three with a, a larger amount of HDL and less and less LDL. Some some clients were going down to the twos, low twos, which is great. That means basically everyone that seems to consume coconut oil, even if they don't make all the other changes perfect, their LDL will in, their LDL will go down. It seems and the HDL will go up. Total cholesterol may stay the same, it may go down, it may go up, but they're not as concerned about the total cholesterol as they are the ratio of the HDL to the LDL. So that's a beneficial thing, I think, if coconut oil from saving grace. Now, you know, this, I, I think it's really good for people to look into this and research it themselves. You know, if I didn't know the facts, if I hadn't been around the business long enough, I would have never started eating coconut oil. I mean, I grew up, you know, as a teenager in the 80s, all the grown-ups that I saw around me were always talking about their fat intake and their cholesterol and joking about how a hamburger and french fries is a heart attack on a plate, you know, and all the carcinogenic effects of, of a high-fat diet. And I just, you know, assumed that that was normal. So there's no way as, a, as, a, as an adult I would have walked into a health food store and bought a jar of solid lard-looking coconut oil and just stuck a spoon in it and started eating it. I would have thought that that, you know, heart attack in a jar. It was really Donna Gates' work. I think she really championed um, coconut oil. All the coconut oil before then that was sold in the marketplace was bleached, deodorized, and refined. So that's still not a terrible fat because it's mostly medium chain, but it is processed. It doesn't work as good as virgin in the in the body. But those oils were used for cosmetics and for for processed, stabilized, cheaper foods. And you could buy them in, health, in in stores, unrefined coconut oil for whatever purpose people might use it for topical purposes or whatever. 
Donna Gates really, I think she really brought coconut oil to the masses. And when I read all of the health benefits, after everything else I learned that was so positive in the diet and the book, I, I really felt it was true, and I started consuming coconut oil regularly, and I, I love the aroma of the taste of it and stir-fried vegetables, and I really think it contributed to a lot of the health benefits in the overall diet and the system. And I think it was her book that was getting it out, and I know the years working in Air One with my BED background, I really got to share coconut oil with a lot of people, and I think the raw food community has also brought it to a large level, and a big part thanks to David Wolf. Um, because the raw food department just grew massively in Erwin over the last 15 years, and coconut oil has been selling steadily the last 10 years, I'd say. Um, last eight years, seven years, um, for sure. So it's really an interesting thing, you know, because it is the number one killer, and the statistics do say somebody in America is dying of a heart attack every 40 seconds, and cardiovascular disease is a, is a big one. I think people have to kind of wake up and really take responsibility for themselves at their overall whole lifestyle. They can't blame one thing and pick on that one thing because it's not really making a difference, you know, changing those fats. You can stop eating all saturated fat and you can, instead of eating coconut oil, you can eat canola oil or whatever, and your total cholesterol will go down, but your HDL is going to go down and your LDL is going to go up. That's, you're going to have more free radicals in, in your body and it's not going to make really anything better. If anything, it could make your conditions actually a little worse if you're adding a lot of processed oil. So really the the other factors are, are key. The fiber is a big one for people. Um, the candida, the bacteria that's in people's systems, the, the amount of sugar that they're eating that allows this whole attack in the artery process is really a problem. Um, natto kinase is really great, the enzyme from natto. And you can buy that in a supplement form from Jaro, or you can go to a Japanese store and buy original natto and eat the straight fermented soybean that has the bacteria in it. That enzyme is supposed to be able to dissolve slowly over time the fibrin, that protein that, that builds up inside of the artery wall from that scar tissue damage that has the cholesterol and the calcium and all of these undesirable things in there. And that's why they promote natto kinase or natto. Jaro makes a natto supplement. They promote it for circulation. The circulation, blood flow, and cardiovascular health is huge. It's big. But people got to understand that if, if I'm addicted to sugar and I crave it, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a lot of bacteria and fungus and parasites in my body. And if I continue to live with that for years, I'm putting myself at great risk for more C-reactive protein, which is the measure marker for inflammation in the arteries. Why? Because I've just got so much bacteria in my body, it's attacking myself. And you're creating a mess. And if on top of that you add more free radicals because you smoke or you eat more junk food um, or you have more stress, you know, that's only making it worse over time. Or you just don't eat a high-fiber diet. You know, that makes it even worse over time. Um, so anyhow, Lucian, I just wanted to go over those things to give coconut oil a little bit of a defense of the saturated fat. And then I just I want to explain fats uh, to introduce this a little better um, for people. You know, polyunsaturated fats, the omega-3s, um, they have only four to six carbon atoms in a, in a branch chain. And about half of those atoms are attached with a hydrogen atom to um, complete the molecule for, for the fat. Now, because only half are attached, it's only partially saturated with hydrogen atoms, there's a lot of unstable atoms. That, that's why it's a very delicate oil. 
Now, in nature, a polyunsaturated oil, like a flaxseed oil, is in the seed with the fiber. That seems to hold the molecules together and make it more stable. But once we press it, you see, we do something nature doesn't do. We take the oil and separate it from the fiber. It's very unstable, and it can start to break down and create free radicals. It goes into the body looking for other atoms to stabilize itself, feeling them from ourselves, and then they become free, unstable, and it create, can create a chain reaction breakdown of, of free radicals. So it's really important to get fresh hand pressed, like Andreas oils that we're going to be having on the Longevity Warehouse website that we had at the last conference. This is a, you know, the pressing is done very specially on a German press, so it doesn't go over 90 degrees. That way there's no oxidation. And now you can consume this oil, and you're going to get much more health benefits from it. Um, same with the fish oils, um, all the polyunsaturates. Now, when we go to a monounsaturate, an omega-6, it has usually 8 to 12 uh, branch chains of, of carbon, and it has more of the free bonds are connected to hydrogen atoms, but there still is some that are missing, some gas in the chain, which leaves an area for oxidation to occur, but not as much as the omega-3. So that's called monounsaturate, and that's like your pumpkin seed oil and your olive oil and your olives and your nuts and, and, and whatnot. And, and then we go to the saturated fats. The saturated fats have 14 or more branched-chain carbon, and all of their bond spaces are filled completely with hydrogen atoms. So that's why they're saturated. They can't hold any more hydrogen. So they're stable. That's a nice thing. So with coconut oil, the carbon chains are in a straight line. There's no double bond. There's no kink. So when you have a straight carbon chain with all the hydrogen atoms around it filled in, the molecule of the oil is, is quite flat and, and, and in a perfect shape to compact well close together with the adjacent molecules. So that's why the oil... Uh, below room temperature, below 72 degrees, is solid, like a lard or a fat. Um, now, the neat thing about coconut oil, it is 90% saturated fat, which means it can't oxidize, which means if we eat this saturated fat, it's not oxidizing in our body. Now, we have to have some of the other oils, too, because we need to have essential fatty acids in our body. We can't manufacture them. They're essential. We have to supply them in our diet. And coconut oil doesn't have a lot of essential fatty acids. It has different fatty acids, which we'll talk about in a minute. So we do need some fish oil or some flax oil, but we have to get really pure, stable stuff. And we will want some omega-6s because there's health benefits in some of them, like olive oil and, and pumpkin seed oil um, and gamma-linolic acid, GLA, like borage seed oil, is very beneficial. So we need some of these. But if we eat too much omega-6s in our diet, if we're like 20 times more omega-6, we're like 20 parts omega-6 to one part omega-3. That's a pro-inflammatory diet. So when we have high omega-6s, because people that don't really seek to find a healthy fat ratio, if they just eat standard diet, they're usually going to be bringing in a lot of omega-6s. They're going to be very deficient in omega-3. And who knows what they'll do with saturated fat. They may believe it's bad for them and they'll stay away from it, or they may be just eating, you know, French fries and hamburgers, and they're eating a lot of uh, bad saturated fat, which is oxidized, um, in which case that's, that's not a healthy ish, uh, ratio. So if you lower the omega-6s, but you get it's pure, and if we keep the omega-6s modestly low, but you're always going to have more omega-6s than omega-3, but let's say it's 2 to 1 or 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 uh, parts of omega-6 to omega-3. We have pure 
flax and fish oil and, and chia seed oil. And we have a little um, olive and pumpkin and borage. And then we go to a saturated fat, which is not oxidized at all, which is coconut oil. And it can't oxidize. That's the great thing about it. It's very, very stable. So we can heat it up to 350 degrees in a frying pan. You don't want to, if you overheat it past that, it will actually start smoking. And that's when you're cooking it. You don't want to go ideally above that ratio. But um, with that ratio, it's a, it's a perfect setup for, for your health. The, the research I found was that the increase in coconut oil, because it's so stable, it, and because of the, there are acids in coconut oil, but they're not essential fatty acids. It has caprylic acid, capric acid, uh, lauric acid, and myristic acid. It's about, of the fatty acids, 50% of those fatty acids is lauric, and the lauric is really fantastic. All of these acids have antibacterial, antiviral, antimicrobial properties. They really help lower the germs, the bacteria I was talking about that are running around through the arteries in general. So there's a there's an anti-inflammatory effect in, in, in people and in the arteries with coconut oil, it seems. And there's it seems to lower the damage of the omega-6s. So in some people that do eat high omega-6s and they just, they're not really got to the point of really weeding out the bad fats that haven't changed their diet all the way. They are eating some regular foods out in society. They're filled with those omega-6s. Just by adding coconut oil in and getting the antioxidant property, it actually made the omega-6s that they were consuming more stable, and it made the omega-6s less damaging in their diet when they consumed, you know, one to three tablespoons of, of extra virgin coconut oil a day. So that's a really cool thing. But going even further and adding in the best fish oil, flax chia, the best omega-6s at the right ratio, and then extra virgin coconut oil is your saturated fat. The coconut oil, you can be quite generous with it, and it's an amazing ratio. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.